It's the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with your host, Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill explores what faith can look like after trauma. Hi, I'm Jill Riley. I am an author and a minister. I am also a trauma survivor and live with complex PTSD, depression, anxiety, and a dissociative disorder. My prayer is that post-traumatic faith will bring you hope and joy in your own journey. Welcome to Post-Traumatic Faith. This is Jill Riley, and I am honored today to be joined by Elena Palm, who is a Christ-centered cognitive behavioral therapy coach who specializes in helping Christian women to get free of past pain so they can stop the downward spiral and shine God's light in the world. Elena can help you gain awareness about who you are in Christ, get transformational healing in your mind and heart, and the downward spiral that you can go into when you feel in secure or not enough. Be confident in who you are and wake up joyful every day. And Elena, it's wonderful to have you here today. And you've got a big day today. Tell us what's going on. Yeah. So today is the first day of the Rooted in God's Love Masterclass series, which features 25 plus experts and leaders that are Christ-centered and just wanting to pour their experience, their wisdom, their insight into you, which is so beautiful. And it's been in the works for several months now being planned. And today is day one, which is so exciting. That's so exciting. And tell us about some of the guests that you have on there. You have, you have so many. Yeah, we have some amazing guests. So we have um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a cognitive neuroscientist. And we've got um, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, who is also like a best-selling author, as well as Dr. Caroline Leaf and many others actually on the panel, who talks about, you know, being at rest in Christ. We've got Tiffany Johnson, who survived a shark attack and lost one of her arms in the process, but just talks about the peace of God that came over her as she was escaping from this shark attack and swimming wow. 50 feet back to the boat. And it's just it's amazing the quality of people. Like we have another woman, Ronnie Sasaki, who's a gold men, uh, gold medalist in the Olympics and was born with one leg. And it's just like phenomenal wow. group of women that are speaking. And I mean, there are so many others that I haven't even mentioned. They're all just amazing. And they're all just there to give their time and their, their gift. They all have a gift that they're giving as well, a free gift, um, just to basically pour into women who have maybe felt stressed, that they're maybe frustrated with the way the world is right now, and they just want to draw closer to God. That is amazing. I was looking at your list of guests and was quite impressed. This is a 14-day journey, right? 14-day journey, yeah. And every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, there is um, a set of interviews that is released. And basically, you've got two speakers. Each interview is about half an hour. So they basically get released and you can watch them for free within 24 hours, which is amazing. And it's kind of to keep everyone on track. And then at night in my Facebook group, I have about probably about every second evening, I'm going live with a guest or two from the masterclass series. And we're giving away prizes and having a time of fellowship. So very exciting. That's exciting. Well, we will link this in our bio, but just if you're curious right now, rootedwakeupjoyful.com is where you can find information about about this masterclass. So tell me a little bit about what a Christ-centered cognitive behavioral therapy coach does. That's a big handle. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's one of my certifications, cognitive behavioral therapy, and I love teaching women how to be transformed by the renewing of their mind, how to hold every thought captive to Christ, and how to get their mindset in a place where they create a different experience in their life because so much of our life is based in our soul, really, right? Our mind and our heart, um, our ego, that that metaphysical part right. of us. And we experience the world through our thoughts and our feelings. So I help them to retrain their brain. I do it through like neuroprogramming and cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm also getting my psychotherapy diploma right now. So I just really love helping them see how they can experience life very differently if they were to just think about what they're thinking about and retrain their brain from the trauma and the difficulties that happened in their past that have kind of marred them and are not allowing them kind of overshadowing God's spirit in them. Like God's spirit is so, is so much stronger and he Mm -hmm. has already overcome the world and he can certainly overcome our soul. But when we're very committed to agreeing with our own thoughts, our own feelings without questioning them, without thinking about where they came from, then we've come into agreement with that instead of coming into agreement with who God says we are in his word, his character, his goodness, his promises, his protection and provision. So I help help them retrain themselves really to focus on that first yeah. instead of focusing on whatever's in front of them, their circumstances, their pain, whatever it is. How would you say traditional CBT is different from uh, what you do? Like your focus is obviously different, but is your approach to it uh, completely different? It would be, I mean, I would say it would be similar to what some people do. My approach personally is very different because I'm extremely honest and I can see layers deep in people. God has given me this gift. And for a long time, I didn't see it as a gift. <laughs> I <laughs> would be able to pick up feelings and thoughts and see things in people. And I, I don't know what to do with this. Um, so eventually, he showed me the path to using it for something. But the way I work with women is to really help reveal with them the things that are going on, the blind spots that they can't see, but I can see. And once we reveal them together and bring them into the light, then we can retrain their brain. So I think some therapists, like a lot of my clients have gone to therapy for years. One client went to therapy for decades and said, you know, I came to you for an hour and like the honesty and the, the willingness to just point these things out was so profound because sometimes when people go to therapy, it's kind of like talking about things and going through things, but not as much of a solution focus from what I've heard. So I help them with just like, okay, here's the how to, here's what you can implement right away. Like, let's not waste time. We don't need to waste a lot of time here, like unpacking a whole bunch of stuff. We just get to find out what's the feeling, what's the thought, how do we transform it? How do we heal from the past belief system? And, and that's how I do it. So it's probably Mm -hmm. a little different just because of my directness. (laughs) Right. So it's both uncovering what the problem or the challenge or the trauma is and figuring out what to do with it. So you're kind of marrying both ends of the problem together. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, we all have trauma. Like I've gone through my own trauma. I've gone through PTSD several times in my life. I've gone through abuse. I've gone through it all. And for a long time, I ruminated on those things. And for a long time, my belief system was that I was not enough, that I was not worthy, that I was not lovable. And so until I was able to really challenge those beliefs, 
I would have stayed stuck in that belief system, in that trauma for the rest of my life. But once I like had a pattern interrupt and could see, now I help my clients with that. I'm like, okay, here's your past. Your past does not determine your future. So how can we springboard from all of that pain you've experienced? And that's actually our theme today from pain to purpose, because I believe that God will use our mess for our message, the way he wants to speak through us. Oh, I like that. Our purpose, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, so yeah, I like to focus a lot on, okay, let's talk about the past. So I understand it and let's unpack it a bit. So you understand it and you can see that it wasn't your fault. And you can see where that other person was coming from when they were abusive or when they caused you trauma and that it wasn't about you. And then once you shift those perspectives, it opens up a whole new world of, you know, what the future could hold because their awareness has changed, their perspective has changed. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your past. What was your uh, childhood growing up and kind of your faith background? What does that look like? So my faith background, I was raised a Catholic and I didn't have a relationship with God at all because as a Catholic, you're taught that the priest has a relationship with God, or at least I was. And you go to the priest to talk to God, but you don't have a direct relationship. So, and I, I didn't like Catholic church at all. I was bored. I, there wasn't really a kid's program or anything like it wasn't fun. I didn't like going. So as soon as I was old enough, I stopped going and it wasn't until I was almost 30 when I set foot in a church again, because I had gone through some severe trauma and I didn't know what else to do. I wasn't a believer. I was actually really into the new age belief system, the law of attraction, the secret, all of that. I didn't believe in God at all, but something in my spirit said, if you want to deal with this situation, you've got to find yourself in a church. So a week after this tragedy that happened at the time happened, I was in a church and I still go to the same one today, 12 years later. Wow. So, um, so were your parents, your parents were traditionally Catholic then? Yeah. Well, my mom was, my dad was more of an okay. atheist. Okay. Um, you have, have alluded at some trauma and one of the stories that you and I have kind of talked about is about a group that you got involved in that became very oppressive and abusive and, um, and was, as you describe it, a cult. Can you tell us a little bit about getting involved in that and what it was like? What was that experience? Yeah. So I, I was really into like for my whole life, I've been into personal development. So I ended up Uh, finding this company that a friend of mine was involved in. And my husband and I decided to go through the first level, which is like a weekend seminar in our city. So we went through that and I wasn't really interested in moving on, but he was, and he wanted me to as well. So we moved on to the next level, which was a week away in Colorado. And, and it was um, what I thought at the time was really profound, like breakthrough and, you know, you had to be broken down in order to be built back up into who you were supposed to be. And this is what I was told and that it was all coming from a place of love. Like even when it felt abusive and it felt oppressive and it felt controlling and manipulative, I was told that it was because, you know, I love you enough or because, you know, of you're worth it. So I treat you like this because you're worth it. And I got very close to the leader and I would say, you know, that relationship, as much as I was so excited to be in it, because I looked up to this woman so much, and I wanted to be in her life, I wanted her to mentor me. But what I didn't realize was happening was in the year and a half I was in that relationship, I was just being torn down. Now, I don't know that she, 
her perspective would, right. would see it that way. But um, she opened me up to this world of, you know, exploring like what is codependency? Cause I feel like I was very codependent. What's a narcissist because I feel like she was a narcissist um, and possibly more. We don't really know, but I, I just, I think when it comes to being a cult, you look at a group like Nexium and Nexium in some ways, the way that they're run as far as um, the activities they do, the personal development they do and the manipulation were similar because it all has to do with the leader. But um, really with my group, it was the people who were in the inner circle. And I think it's very similar with um, Nexium. Like when you're in a group and you're on the outskirts and you're going through it, you don't experience that cult-like feeling. But when you get into the inner circle, you start to experience it very differently. And you see that control. Like this woman had complete control over me. And I take responsibility for the fact that I hadn't healed those areas inside me. And she was able to just get me under her thumb very easily. And I didn't know that someone could manipulate people like that. I hadn't dealt with my own trauma from the past. So here it came up again. And with a new person, a new situation, I think like that happens to many people, right? They go from relationship to relationship mm -hmm. and see the same patterns. And so I recognized the pattern in this one, which was when I finally was able to heal it because I was aware of it. So I'm very thankful for the experience, but I'm also, I'm thankful because God helped me. Like my friends came yeah. out to it who were very discerning Christians. I at the time thought it was the most amazing thing ever and wanted to get everyone I knew involved. But these friends came and they're like, this is a cult, like, you've got to get out. And they came back to my pastor and told him that I was in a cult and said, you've got to help Alana, like, she's stuck in this situation. And my pastor finally caught on to what was happening. And he took my husband out for lunch. And he said, you've got to, you've got to keep Alana away from this group. This is really bad. And yeah. she is in a very abusive situation. And, and, you know, I went to three counselors for about a year, a deprogramming therapist, and then two other sort of psychotherapist, social workers. And it, you know, it really was a beautiful experience because as much as when I got out of it, it was extremely dark and I didn't know who I was. So another thing, right, because you'd been so broken down emotionally, yeah, my identity, my identity was like, I, I feel like it was just stripped from me and I couldn't name it at the time, but I just didn't know who I was anymore. I had a strong faith. I'd already been a Christian for about eight years when I got involved, but it like, it's like it, it just faded away. It, it was, it was taken. It was almost like brainwashing. Like I just believed yeah. that the only thing that mattered was this group and getting people into the group and like basically working for the group, like quitting my life, quitting my job and moving out there and working for the group full time was, that's the only thing that mattered in the whole world. And it was, it was scary because when I chose to leave, which was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I went through a period of about eight months where I just, it was just felt like darkness. Like I didn't know. Was it was grief? Ever. Was it grief or was it um, just your own being so broken after this experience? It was both of those things, grief and being broken. And also just not knowing who I was and not knowing what had happened to me and feeling like it was my fault because for the way I perceived, everyone thought this woman was amazing yet I felt abused and torn down and other people were telling me that I'd been abused and torn down. And I'm like, is this actually true? Because I don't believe it. And when I realized after going through all this therapy was that I was under a severe form of mind control. Okay. And 
I, I, there was an element of fear that was instilled, but also this element of you're doing this for the greater good. Like this is good for everyone and this is good for you. And so I had to basically when you're, when you're brainwashed or when you're under mind control, it's almost like you have your core personality of who you really are. And then you have this pseudo personality that gets almost imposed onto you from whatever it is. It could be a cultic relationship where you have one person who's very abusive. And then you realize like in a narcissistic relationship or a sociopathic relationship, you lose who you are because yes. you're so focused on the other person. So basically, you know, I lost who I was, but what I needed to do, because that, that person is still underneath it but you have to almost like reaccess them and pull them back out and get them to be stronger than the pseudo identity. And the pseudo identity is very strong. So it took yes. me about a year and a half to become congruent again with both of those personalities. And now that it's been about two, two and a half years since I've been out, I feel like I'm congruent. Like I'm back right. to who I was, but now that I've overcome all the trauma and God has like taught me so much and refined me so much I feel like I'm, you know, in a lot of ways, a totally different person. And it's like, it's like excavating that true self from underneath all the rubble, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was such, like I said, you know, I think in life, and I knew this because I've been through trauma before, and I've seen God bring good out of the most devastating situation before. I knew even in the process of sitting in my room in the dark, like crying every day, looking up, researching, trying to figure out what happened to me, talking to counselors, you know, in the middle of the summer where we have a beautiful pool outside and I'm like cooped up in my room with the curtains closed, hardly any light coming in, sent my daughter off to daycare all summer because I couldn't handle taking care of her. I was mm -hmm. just a mess. And I feel like even after all of that, God is so good because I knew in the midst of it, like somewhere there's there's got to be a silver lining here like he's going to do something in this and i just believed it so strongly and now two and a half years later i get to run a ministry and a business all around helping other women who've gone through similar situations to me similar trauma to what i've gone through and be able to help them to overcome it and really get back to their roots in Christ and who they are in him, their, their worth and identity in him. So it actually has been such a beautiful experience. How easy do you think it is to become part of these personality-driven cults or personality-driven um, followings that are uh, just so, so strong um, and derive such a huge following? How, how easy is it to get involved in that? Well, I think it depends on where you're at in life. Like people who tend to be susceptible to it are in a vulnerable place or in a time of transition in their life and, or they don't feel like they really have a purpose. And then a company like this comes along and promises the world in a sense, right? And it is very worldly. Like it's all based on the human potential movement. And, you know, some of these companies like Landmark and EST and Psy Seminars and a lot of them, you know, like Nexium you know, they've been around for, for decades. They've been around since like the forties and fifties. And so really? people who want to become, you know, they're have their best potential, you know, who want to really like live into that person. They see a company like this and they're like, this is what I've been looking for. 
but most of them are not at all Bible-based. Like I thought this one was because it was run by Christians. So I thought it was aligned, but very different than what I know God to be. Right. And I think people are susceptible if they're looking for something outside of themselves, if they're looking for validation, if they're looking for community, if they're vulnerable, and if they don't know better. Now I feel like there has been enough put out there about these groups, especially through Nexium, um, which is spelled N-X-I-V-M. So that was run by a guy named Keith Ranieri, who just got sentenced to like 120 years in prison. Oh, really? Wow. All the stuff that he was doing behind the scenes. And a friend of mine was involved with that one. And she was really helpful in my healing. And we got to compare notes. And I feel like, you know, companies like that, you go to that extreme, all the way to, you know, a pretty benign group, but all of it is you have the power, you're like the God of your life, you know, you can do this. And it t- sort of takes Christ out of it all. I haven't found a company yet that keeps Christ at the center, but I'm excited to maybe find that one day. Cause it would be really cool to have those tools. Cause the tools they teach are amazing mixed with biblical principles, like for real based on Jesus Christ. Well, Alana, maybe you were on the way to creating such a program, (laughs) given the experiences and insight you have. It's interesting, actually, you say that because I do have a program I take women through called the Set Free Academy. And it's based on, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and neuro-linguistic programming and personal development and experiential exercises. So I do use a lot of what I learned in the positive way for my clients so that they can have breaking down without the cult, like relationships, without the abuse and manipulation, like it's very clean. And so I feel like I'm doing my part that way. And I think God allowed me to go through that. So I would learn a lot of these breakthrough ideas, but also he taught me through this woman, how I don't want to be as a coach, how I don't want to be as a human being. Right. And And so, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, you talked about treatment, kind of deprogramming treatment. What does that entail? Well, I I met with a therapist, so I don't, I didn't know any therapists in this area that really dealt with it. Like I'd gone to a couple of therapists, but they just didn't, they didn't know what to do with me. Like they didn't feel prepared to deal with what was going on. So I actually went online and found a man who lived over in Europe. And he had been in a cult for a while and he was now counseling people and his website was full of information. And I went and started just talking to him. I went on zoom calls with him, you know, every week for a Mm -hmm. long time um, and just healed through him. Really. It was interesting because your pseudo identity is very committed to the brainwashing version of you, right? The one that is committed to the group or the person, whatever relationship it is. And the core is what he had to keep going back to for me. He had to keep stripping away that pseudo identity to get back to the core. And really, I would I was believing a lot of lies. So he had to help me strip down what was a lie and really build up the truth. And it was extremely helpful, like extremely helpful. Um, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have someone who knew that much who could see things that I was totally blind to that I, I kept going back to nobody would ever do that. She must have cared because nobody would ever purposely treat someone like that just to be mean and controlling and manipulative. I didn't know people were like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you have 
uh, kind of come full circle and are able to minister to women who have been through trauma and been through similar circumstances, but you named your business Wake Up Joyful. So where did that come in? And I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but this is obviously a really big key thing for you. So talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, wake up joyful for a long time, as I was saying, you know, when I was lying in my bed and I was just in this really, really bad place and I literally could not wake up joyful any day. And I didn't know at that time, and I'm sure many women have been through the same thing, right? You, you go through this trauma, you go through this difficulty, you know, you lose a loved one and it's just pain. It's just a lot of pain. And you wonder when am I ever going to get out of this? When am I ever going to wake up joyful again? Am I ever going to feel that joy again? And I wondered, I believed that I would, but I wondered. And so I built this ministry and I called it wake up joyful because I was, I had learned how to wake up joyful and now I wanted to help other women to wake up joyful as well. What do you think the keys are to waking up joyful? Well, I teach basically in my program, like, four pillars that really help a woman to wake up joyful, to heal from the pain of the past and be able to shine God's light brightly in the world. And the first one is knowing your identity and worth in Christ, because that is the foundation. Absolutely. One of the beautiful parts of having my identity stripped down was that I started from almost a blank slate in many ways from who am I? And I really just started from that place of who am I in Christ? What is my worth and value in him? Not in what the world says, not in what this group says, or this leader says, or anyone else says, but what does he say about me? So really like that's the beginning of it is, is knowing your identity and worth in Christ. Then the second part is understanding his love on an experiential level, like really being able to experience his love. You can love yourself the way he created you. And then in turn, be able to share that love with others. So all based on the second commandment, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got the third pillar, which is all around how to navigate the storms of life, how to navigate difficult circumstances, difficult people, you know, life, when life storms come and it's like Peter in the boat, right? Like walking on the water when he looked at Jesus versus sinking when he looked at the wind and the waves. So how do you look at Christ in the middle of those difficult circumstances instead of the wind and the waves? And then the fourth pillar is all around purpose and surrender. So living into your God-given purpose, which is the same for all of us, is to, you know, basically share his love with the world, right? And then our unique calling right? What does he have us doing uniquely? What are our gifts and talents that we're living from? And then how do we surrender to his plan, regardless of what we want and how we want it to look? How do we surrender and believe that he is good and that he's protecting and providing for us and that his promises are true and that he is working everything together for good? That's great stuff. Good stuff. So tell me for a woman who is trapped right now or feels like they're worth, they've been devalued and um, they don't know how to get past their, their trauma that they're living in. Where, where do you start? Like, is there something that you would say, Hey, read this, or is there a resource that you would say, start here? Where, where would you start? Well, I guess it depends on the trauma and and it depends on where the woman is at because some women that I meet are 
it's kind of like a continuum and some are right at the beginning where they've gone through the trauma and they're just in it and they're not ready to do anything about it. They're just, they just don't see a way out and they, they're very committed to that experience. Then you've got women who go down the continuum more toward I've, I'm trying all the things I'm trying to go to therapy. I'm trying to read the books. I'm trying to do all the things and it's not really working fully. And then you get to, okay, I'm, I'm done trying all the things. I want the thing that's going to work. And I'm 100% committed to finding the thing and healing from a place of not being a victim to the past anymore, but mm-hmm. just springboarding into the future. And, and that's usually where I come in when I work with these women. But I would say it depends on where they're at on that continuum, how ready they are. And then, I mean, again, it, like the type of trauma, I know it really helps my clients and it has helped me in the past when I've talked to somebody who understands. So I, I would seek out counselors who at, in, at some level understood what I was going through because they've right. gone through a similar type of experience. And so I knew they got it. It's like people who lose a child, they really feel comfortable talking to someone else who lost a child because the person gets it. They get that. Absolutely. Pain. And finding somebody who's safe, um, you know, just believing that you feel comfortable with that person, that you can be vulnerable and open with that person. And usually it's an investment. So if somebody isn't ready to invest in a monetary way or time-wise into that healing, they might just want to start at the beginning with a book, you know, like Battlefield of the Mind, which is great by Joyce Meyer and a lot of scripture and very focused yes, on how we book. Think. Um, yeah, I love that book. And there are so many good Christian books out there on different topics like forgiveness or mindset or overcoming something from the past abuse, you know, sexual abuse, sexual trauma, whatever it is. So finding a book um, is always a really good like first step if you're not really 100% sure and right. then finding somebody who when you're ready, finding somebody who you really believe can lead you where you want to go, can kind of walk with you on the path. They've gone through something similar and they've already paved the way. So they know how to help you get there. I think the cool thing about resources like books and podcasts and things like that is, is you can invest in those with anonymity. And so you can kind of self-select what, what you're working on without involving another person and then go to the next step of involving somebody else. So definitely. So your masterclass, you told us a little bit about it. Give me a little bit more um, of how we can get a hold of you and how we can follow you and, uh, and pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, if people want to sign up for the Rooted in God's Love masterclass series, it starts today and then it goes on for two weeks. So still lots of time to sign up and enjoy those talks. They can and go for to, those who are replaying this today is May 14th. Right. Okay. So yeah, so it goes from May um, 17th to May 30th. Okay. So basically, yeah, it, it, it you could sign up anytime during that time. There's also a lifetime access pass you can purchase, but the event itself is free. So it's totally up to you how you want to do that. But basically, if they want to do that, it's wakeupjoyful.com slash roots. And that's a great way to just participate for free. Also, I have a Facebook group called Confident Courageous Christian Women. So if you went to Facebook and type that in, 
If you sign up for the series, it'll give you a link that you would go and join because all the fun's taking place in there and the prizes okay. and everything. But people can also just join it on Facebook to get in touch with me. And yeah, I mean, I have a website, wakeupjoyful.com. So they could go and check out my stuff and my resources. I have free resources on there and information about the masterclass series as well. Excellent. Well, Alana, thank you for your time and your story. And thank you for your investment in in women. And I'm sure that there will be many people that will be blessed by what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do hope so. I hope God, it's been my prayer the whole time that he would just just speak to women through these speakers and experts and and just share hope with them. Yep. And we, I will pray with you that God honors that. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts today. You can follow Jill on social media on Facebook and Instagram, JillRiley.author, and Twitter, JillRileyAuthor. To contact Jill, email jill at jillriley.org.